For college basketball fans, March Madness refers to the annual NCAA tournament that takes place at sites across the country and this year culminates in Houston to crown the national champion. For fund for teachers, staff, and volunteers across the country, March Madness is also synonymous with the weeks in which we select our 2023 FFT fellows and when our organization, also headquartered in Houston, accepts applications from current FFT fellows for our Innovation Circle grants. While Fund for Teachers has invested $30 million in teacher grants for summer fellowships since 2001, this marks only the second year that we've awarded Innovation Circle grants. To extend the value of our traditional summer fellowships, we created this space for Fund for Teachers fellows to connect and collaborate around key priorities in education. Fellows proposed innovative inquiries into predetermined sets of topics and through a selective process can receive up to $1,500 individually to pursue summer learning experiences and then convene virtually with other fellows to reflect and implement their learning in the classroom. Today's podcast is specifically about Innovation Circle grants, what they are, and what they can do for teachers and their students. Welcome to Fund for Teachers, the podcast. I'm Carrie Caton, and the goal of each episode is to elevate teachers as the inspiring architects of their careers, classrooms, and school communities. Today, we're learning from FFT fellow Pooja Baskar. In 2016, Pooja taught at the International High School for Health Sciences in Queens and used a Fund for Teachers grant to achieve intermediate proficiency in the Hindi language in Bombay, India, to better support students and their families immigrating from Tibet. India, and Bangladesh. Last summer, with an Innovation Circle grant, they researched the art, agriculture, and history of Guatemala's indigenous groups to incorporate authentic, interdisciplinary artifacts into science curricula for recently immigrated students at the Bronx School for Law, Government, and Justice. Our conversation started with how Pooja, a religion major in undergrad, ended up in science education, especially when they didn't like science as a student. Then we go through their fellowships to how an Innovation Circle grant was both valuable and validating. We are here visiting with Pooja during a break between two classes at the Bronx School for Law, Government, and Justice. So uh, to get in before the bell rings, we'll get started with the first question that I ask each of our fellows on these episodes, which is, why did you become a teacher? I've been a teacher for 11 years, which in New York City is a really long time. It's not a really long time around the country, which is something I learned during my innovation grant. But I originally, I was in my mid-20s. I had worked in uh, domestic violence intervention agencies, and I'd worked as a coach for students in higher education. I had always been pursuing work that helped me live my values or helped me create the world that I, I wanted to see. And it always was really important to me that the the work that I do with my life is mission-driven and value-driven and not just um, like to make money, which obviously I don't make any money. So oh, I make money, not a lot. <laughs> and so I was looking for something that I could sort of keep doing, the things that I believed in, work with people, and also have something a little bit more challenging, which teaching is definitely a really challenging career. It's challenging like intellectually and emotionally and physically. And I've grown so much as a teacher. So I think when I started teaching, I was looking for a challenge and I've sort of stayed teaching because I love, I've like loved the students. I've grown a lot as a person and has challenged my perception of so many things about the world and has helped me keep me sort of intellectually engaged as well as just like emotionally invested in my students' well-being. 
you talked about your your students' emotional well-being in the first paragraph of your proposal for your Innovation Circle grant and talked about your empathy for them as immigrant students. Can you kind of talk to that a little bit about the students whom you teach? Yeah, when I wrote the grant, I was teaching at a school for um, recent immigrants and refugees, um, so an international high school. And I grew up primarily in the United States. So I was born in India, and I also juggled multiple cultures as I grew up here in the U.S. And I do have a lot of empathy for the kind of like new situation that a lot of my international students were in, a lot of my recent immigrant students. In my first Fund for Teachers grant, I did a summer fellowship, and i gone to India to learn Hindi. And part of the purpose of that was to remember what it's like to learn a new language and have to engage in a new language. So I do have a lot of empathy through that experience, but also empathy of like, I, you know, I speak Spanish pretty badly. So I think like trying to engage with students and people and literature in Spanish is difficult. And it's, that gives me a lot of empathy for what my students are going through as they're learning English and trying to balance school and learn science and, and sort of do all of these things in a new country. So for clarity's sake, we, we just referenced your summer fellowship and uh, Pooja is a two-time Fund for Teachers Fellow, most recently taking advantage of a new grant that we have called the Innovation Circle Grant. And we'll get to that in just a second, because that's really what I wanted to camp out on in this visit. But but you have an undergraduate degree in religion from Reed College. Yeah. So then yeah. how did you shift to biomedical engineering? So, I mean, I went to a liberal arts college in Oregon, and and I think that I was passionate about just learning all sorts of different things. But I will say that I wasn't very interested in science when I was growing up in high school. I found science to be really rote, like you just sort of memorize these things. And I just found it kind of easy. I just memorized it and then took a test and it was fine. I didn't really find science, like the process of doing science, very exciting. Um, it just felt very textbook heavy to me. And I just, so I never really developed a passion for science when I was in my middle school, high school or in my college, but I did just love, and I still do just love learning and to challenge myself. When I applied for New York City Teaching Fellows and they have a science immersion program for for people who have a certain number of STEM credits and they can kind of transition into teaching science, I thought that I would be a special education teacher, but I was accepted into the science program and it was just so funny to me that I would become a science teacher. It just felt at the time so not what my life was pointing toward that it just felt almost exciting and interesting. So I just went for it. And then since then, I've really, I think I, I think the fact that I didn't love science as a kid um, informs a lot of how I teach science now more as a process, um, more with projects and less with textbooks and, and memorizing facts. I also don't think that that's really necessary anymore. I don't think that it's necessary for children where we are in the world now. I don't think it's necessary for children to memorize things like the stages of mitosis. I think it's more important that they know how to find the information, how to validate the information, and how to communicate the information. Uh, working with other people, I think it's important for them to analyze data, create data, use tools. I think all of those are more important at this point. So um, all of that, I think my, my background in different subjects informs my a lot of my practice now. And in terms of just learning it, yeah, I just I just I just sort of went ahead and learned it. I teach I taught biotechnology um, and bioengineering for a few years. And now I teach applied sciences and one seventh grade science class. And in applied sciences, I'm just constantly learning new things. Um, a lot of my students now are interested in forensic science. So I'm learning a lot about forensic science that I just didn't know. 
a lot. And with my seventh graders, I'm teaching some earth science to prepare them for eighth grade science. And so even today I was like, oh, I didn't know that about rocks. Like, oh, okay, cool. Um, so I'm, I'm just learning. I'm open to learning new things before teaching them. I'm open to just trying things out. So, um, but also I'm just kind of continuously learning new things too. Fantastic. We say that one of the really hallmarks of our fellows or any learner for that matter is curiosity. So then we fast forward from your fellowship in India to this Innovation Circle grant. What made you decide to take a risk on this new opportunity and and jump in with both feet? Um, I really like Fun for Teachers as an organization. Like from my first fellowship and from like reading applications over between that those years, I just really appreciate the amount of trust that's given to teachers. I know that me and every teacher I know, a lot of my friends are teachers, and I just feel like we are always trying to figure out ways to improve our classroom and try out new things and try more interesting things and like integrate all these different learning experiences that we have into the classroom. So I just really appreciate that like Fun for Teachers allows us to create our own project. And one thing that I didn't actually care about, but I ended up loving about the innovation grant specifically is the meetings with other teachers from other parts of the country. I really just had not had a lot of opportunity to talk with teachers outside of New York City. And it was like a really good part of the fellowship, actually. I just like really enjoyed it. Um, I really enjoyed seeing just like different perspectives. I enjoyed confronting some of my own biases about people from different parts of the country. So that was sort of like the product of my innovation grant. So for people who might not know, I'm going to give a little bit more context because we we are in the middle of our application process for the Innovation Circle grant right now. And we are hoping that hearing the amazing work that you have done will inspire other Fund for Teachers fellows to, to follow suit. But This Fund for Teachers Innovation Circle grant invites our fellows who have already received a fellowship grant to pursue something on topic and then during the summer experientially, much like a fellowship grant, and then throughout the fall, workshop ideas with a cohort of fellows from around the country once a month to figure out how to best implement that. So for your fellowship, you you were in the Self-Awareness Innovation Circle grant, but the self-awareness was tied to researching the agriculture industry in Guatemala. So how did you tie those two together? To me, it felt like a really obvious connection, but it was a little bit, even after I sort of was trying to put together my project afterward, it felt a little shaky. But um, so I, I originally was teaching a class called biotechnology and in that class, we were doing an mtDNA project, which we still do. And I had in my international school, I had. Hold a on, lot I'm going to I'm going to say it again. A, a, an nDNA project. Oh, mtDNA, which is like the DNA found in um, our mitochondria. Okay. And it can be used to sort of do some questions around population genetics. And so, in my last school, in my international school, I had a lot of students who were Central American, and I'd have students research their history as well as the history of their country and how people first migrated into their country in order to create a project around their mitochondrial DNA or understanding their mitochondrial DNA. And in the process, a lot of students just didn't find a lot of information about Central America specifically. Um, And then we had a lot of Central American students because my last school was in Queens. And so I just was hoping to learn more about 
different Mayan groups, different indigenous groups actually being there instead of looking online. I had gone like on my own <laughs> to um, Chiapas in Mexico and had sort of learned, seen like maps and things that I had kind of wanted my students to be able to use during their projects throughout the years. And so I thought like I wanted to visit some museums and some spaces in Guatemala to learn more. The other thing I was hoping to look at was about environmental agricultural innovations. That to me was probably bigger and is is more relevant to what I'm doing now. I learned a lot when I was there. I guess I was expecting to go and learn about like indigenous agriculture and specifically like innovation. But I did learn about indigenous agriculture, but I think I also learned a lot about just like a different way of viewing yourself as part of the world than I'm used to. And I felt like there was more of a sense of like what it means to be a human in stewarding land and like being interacting with land and how to sort of have a symbiotic relationship with the land than to fully extract from the land. I thought about that a lot. And I also thought a lot about just like what it means to like live in the land that you're native to, but also just like what is native to this land and what kinds of things sort of belong in the land. So I, I guess I like thought a lot about those concepts when I was there and the the project that I'm planning, which it is snowing in New York City right now. So we're waiting until it's no longer snowing, um, but we're going to be doing a, some lessons around herbal medicine and herbal plant remedies. A lot of the medicines that we use now are comprised of extracted compounds from plants. And so we're going to learn a little bit about like different plants that people have used around the world and different cultures as ways to heal. And then we're going to try to grow some of those plants on our rooftop here in, in the Bronx. So that's sort of my, my project started off with one thing and kind of evolved into a few different things, partially because I changed schools. I was teaching a different thing. I was teaching a different population. What role did your collaboration or dialoguing with other fellows play in that evolution? I'm sorry. I'm in a Zoom right now. Am I st- can you please go away? Thank you so much. No, you can get it at the end of the period. Go to your eighth period class. You can get it after class. You can walk out there. Walk out that way. Yeah, just go out that way. Don't bother that class again. Make sure to put that in the podcast. It's totally in. I'm not editing that out. Not a chance. It's real uh, life, baby. And I will say you're already hiding in a supply closet because another student was knocking on your door. I think <laughs> it's like it was- the same one. <laughs> yeah, they just like came in through the other door. It's like, how did you get here? Um, yeah, yeah, it's probably the same ones. Um, it's not really a supply closet, you know, it's a pretty big room. No, it's a great room. It's yeah. a big room, but it is the supply closet. I am hiding in the supply closet. Um <laughs> I'm sorry, what were we talking okay, about? Yes. We were talking about, you said that, but that your your learning trajectory for your learning outcomes really changed. One, because you changed schools, and two, you changed some courses. Then I was just asked, what role did the dialoguing with your fellows in these monthly meetings have in that evolution or did it? I really felt like so old as a teacher when I started, you know, I was just like, oh, and so I I met teachers who'd been teaching for a really long time and who were still like really excited and energetic about learning new things. And it helped me place myself back into what I think is a more appropriate part of where I'm at in my career, which is like middle to like early to middle part of my career. And just sort of reminded me that like, I do actually have a lot of space. This is a marathon. Like, so for me, it was maybe more of like a socio-emotional thing for myself. Just remembering that teaching is a career. It's a marathon. It's not something that I have to get everything done right now. Mm-hmm. So one thing I thought a lot about is like, I had so many ideas about how I could implement my learning and just reminding myself that I could actually just do a little bit now and like a little bit next year and a little bit next year. And it's a project that I can evolve over time as my learning also evolves. Um, 
And uh, it was also really helpful to to just like work with different teachers and hear their different perspectives on my ideas around like implementing my growing project. I didn't have a lot of STEM teachers in my, I don't think I had any STEM teachers in my circle, but the purpose of the lesson was also about like student aware, like the, the circle, the purpose of the circle was about student self-awareness. So just like really expanding that definition and really like exploring all of the ways that students can like that teachers can help build student self-awareness, whether it's through culture, whether it's through like exploration of their own cultures or other cultures. We talked a lot in my group about what it means, how we have students see themselves as scientists and what it means to see yourself as a scientist in my circle. And it was really helpful to just sort of talk through that with so many teachers, even though they weren't STEM teachers. Yeah, I think when we when we first started talking about pursuing this opportunity for our current fellows to deepen their learning around something, I was skeptical about teachers' willingness to meet once a month, sometimes for three hours at a time, after school at night. I, I just, based on everything that we hear from our fellows and we read in the news, free time does not exist. There is no margin. And repeatedly, Liza Eaton, who ran the program, would would connect with us afterwards and say, man, teachers would come and they would be really exhausted and they would leave energized. And uh, it was just a real surprise to me. And it also, I think, was this beautiful crucible where y'all could come together, you being from the Bronx, studying indigenous agriculture and then you might have someone from Alabama studying something social, you know, SEL learning. And then you might have someone from Oregon studying some kind of uh, math applications. But it all in the ways that you determined had to do with self-awareness. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. that's really cool. I also was like, oh, my God, this is going to be a lot. I'm tired. I do like in New York, there are a lot of teacher programs and I do a lot of after school programs um, outside of teaching. And I'm involved in in a few different things and to like different degrees. And I was a little reluctant to add more to my plate. The fact that it was on Zoom was really helpful. And I really did feel very connected and invested in the projects of the people in my circle and like excited to hear about it. And it was a surprise to me too. Um, Not to sound terribly negative, but I was like, oh my God, I'm so tired. It's six (laughs) o'clock. Like, But I always enjoyed hearing other people's ideas and just felt very inspired by the different projects that people were doing, like one person in my circle did in like my smaller group within my circle was trying to get her kids to understand different cultures and started off by exploring different cultures herself by going to another city and like looking at the, the, the communities. And I just like, that was a really sincere and beautiful way for this teacher to sort of self-reflect and reflect on their community and try to build more racially literate and culturally literate people. And there was another one who had kids make cookbooks and make food and had this huge thing. And it's it's always, to me, has been so inspiring to to see teachers be able to do such amazing things with often so few resources. Yeah. So when you you reference a few things that you do after school, I'm going to list a few of them. International Network for the Public Schools Portfolio Committee, New York City Teaching Fellows, which you referenced earlier. SIED Innovators Fellows and a Master Fellow, New York Academy of Sciences Scientist in Residence Fellow, Math for America Master Teacher. So you clearly take continuing growth and personally and professionally seriously. And, and you mentioned that and talked on the curiosity and how you really are a lifelong learner. Is there anything that made this experience different from the litany of other professional development opportunities that you've experienced? I think that a few of my favorite professional development opportunities, which I think this is sort of the Fund for Teachers Innovation Grant was also very much like this, 
are teacher led. Like I said earlier, like teachers are so brilliant and her so have so much to offer and are so resourceful and creative. And I love learning from other teachers and the innovation circle um, was a really great opportunity for me to learn from other teachers. And I felt like in the innovation circle, teachers were really treated like the expert and an expert in what they were studying, but also experts in how to teach and how to make a classroom function well and how to plan lessons and plan exciting innovations in their room. We are going to put in a link on our landing page, your curriculum, which is really so well thought out. And are you doing some of that now with your students as well? So we haven't started it yet because of the weather, but the ways that we've like started planting some little seeds Ah, ironic. Um, is so my students and I recently we made soap. We did an engineering project around making soap and they created different problems of practice. So they chose, like, I want to make a soap that moisturizes really well. I want to make a soap that, or like my problem of practice was like, how might I create a soap that moisturizes really well? How might I create a soap that cleans in this way? Or how might I we did talk in my class about sort of the different properties of essential oils and different plants properties and the antibacterial properties of different um, types of oils and different plants. So I'm looking forward to my students sort of like pushing into that more when we do our curriculum. And I would just like to put a quick plug in that a lot of my curriculum and my inspiration generals from the curriculum developed by Soul Fire Farms, which is a, an Afro-Indigenous farm in upstate New York. And the curriculum that I drew a lot from for my project is about thinking about land, thinking about food activism, thinking about um, different people who've contributed to creating more just food systems for oppressed people throughout the time. And also just like what land means to people and how to sort of work the land. We have a fellow who went there last year. Oh, that's awesome. Randy O'Neill. She teaches in Chicago and she participated in trainings, conferences, and a farm immersion program through the Shelburne Farms Project Seasons for Young Learners, the Soul Fire Farm Immersion Program in Petersburg, New York that you mentioned, and the New York Botanical Garden in the Bronx to learn strategies for integrating nature-based education in the classroom. So we need to connect you with Brandy. I love that. Yeah, that's real. I mean, like they do a summer immersion program. It's like so interesting. I went to a farm in Guatemala that was it's called IMAP. It's the Mesoamerican Institute for Agro-Permaculture. And I connected so much with the people who worked there and worked the land there and learned so much about their attitude towards land stewardship and land sovereignty, indigenous sovereignty. From what I understand, a lot of those philosophies are also really prominent in Soul Fire Farms as well. Is there anything uh, that you would tell a Fund for Teachers fellow now about applying for an Innovation Circle grant or just a teacher to apply for a fellowship grant in general? Yeah, I I try to encourage people to apply for fellowships through Fund for Teachers, either the Innovation Grant or the uh, the Summer Grant all the time, because I just feel like there's so many opportunities out there for teachers. And like you can really design anything that you're excited about as long as you put thought into it. I think if I give tips at all, like come up with details, hash out a full schedule of exactly what you want to do. One of the mistakes I made with my innovation circles, I made a really big project and I could have made it a little bit more simple, but I think simplifying your learning target and then really thinking what is just something it is supposed to be something that supports your classroom, but also as a teacher, like what is something that you're interested in? I feel like if you if teachers are excited about learning, then they can also make exciting learning opportunities for their students. So I just hope that teachers also use a fund for teachers as an opportunity to deepen their experience or their learning about something that they are just excited about as a person or as a learner. We look forward to using this podcast to elevate more teachers as the inspiring architects of their careers, classrooms, and school communities. 
But you can learn from more than 9,200 Fund for Teachers fellows now by visiting fundforteachers.org slash blog. Or check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you to Fund for Teachers fellow Pooja Baskar for sharing with us today about their fellowships in India and Guatemala, and specifically about the value of combining independent research with peer collaboration through our Innovation Circle grants. You can access the curriculum Pooja created entitled Food Activism and Plant Medicine on this episode's landing page and learn more about Soul Fire Farm, which Pooja referenced, at soulfirefarms.org. If you are an FFT fellow and inspired by Pooja's experiences, apply for your own Innovation Circle grant by April the 20th at fft.fundforteachers.org. And last but certainly not least, Watch for the announcement of our 2023 FFD Fellows on March the 28th on all of our social media platforms. I'm Carrie Caton. Thank you for joining us today at Fund for Teachers, the podcast. Until next time, keep learning.